don't do intros too often here on the Ninth Story Podcast, but I did want to take a moment today to thank Robin Brown from Devon Britain for allowing us to use his great song, How Long. It's inspired by American Gods, which is a Neil Gaiman novel. Craig and I are both big fans of Neil Gaiman's work and of American Gods, and now of Robin Brown. Robin had the opportunity to meet Neil Gaiman and shared with him that he had written a song inspired by the novel, and Neil got a hold of it from Robin, sent it out to the world, and that's how I heard it, and was waiting for an opportunity and the right show where we could feature it. So this is it. Check out Robin over on SoundCloud. It's soundcloud.com forward slash M-R-R-O-B-I-N-B-R-O-W-N. So that's soundcloud.com forward slash Mr. Robin Brown. There'll be a link in the show notes too. Enjoy. Hello. Let's go for a ride. Here we are. Ninth story. <laughs> Episode 14 of the Ninth Story Podcast. We got something special for you. This one's for the ladies. It's Valentine's Day. We got Dr. Towers in the studio with us again today. Hello. Welcome back. Hello. It's been a while. When we have a topic like how to get in touch with our feminine side, obviously we call him the doctor. Absolutely. <laughs> the doctor, doctor of, of love. love. That's right. We are in honor of Jesus. You know, Simmons. it's the doctor of love we're is calling, in the studio today We're calling Dr. Love. That's right. That's right. So let's start off talking about a little bit about Cupid. You're big into mythology. I know that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. What a convincing, you know, yeah. hey, right out of the gate, right out of the gate, John is like, yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever you say, if man. That's what you guys are I'll into. I'll play along. I'll yeah, play along gods, um, what, what, what are we talking about? Well, gods? So your demigods, right, you your, yeah. your gods, your demigods, you right, know, like, your titans. Cupid's a child of Venus. Eros in uh, Greek, right? Eros in Greek. And yes. Eros Cupid. and Aphrodite in Greek. Yeah. See, yeah. I do know my shit. Uh, just, that's where you get, the, oh, that's where hey, you get your dude, erotic. I wasn't, I wasn't making fun. I'm like, hey, Dan, careful. Tread lightly. Uh, John probably knows more about mythology than, well, the, my, my knowledge of mythology kind of, I'll give you my touchstones here. God of Thunder by Kiss. God of Thunder. That's um, right. Certain elements of the Thor mythology. Well, that's because you got the Thor beard going. Right. And um, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> no, actually. I, Harry I, Hamlin. If, if you're talking about the old one, the Ray yeah. Harry House and Harry Ray, Hamlin, yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. The remakes, no. no. Um, and then, um, and a little bit of American Gods by Neil Gaiman. And I'm done. You know, and Oh God with George Burns. <laughs> but not Oh God book two. Salmon of Doubt. 
Yeah. Well, okay, there was there was the Salmon of Doubt, and then there oh, was Salmon of Doubt, the Hitchhiker's okay. Guide to the Galaxy Compendium, yeah. or whatever it is. I thought you turned into Hunter Thompson first. He did. He did. Like, kind of. How much for the ape? Let's get down to breast <laughs> I love. You know, I, I got to tell you real quick. I, I loved your your dissertation on on Hunter S. Thompson As about how I. he went insane. I, I did. Too. And I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to. Him, I'm like, no, dude. He was just fucking high off his ass <laughs> I, on I, drugs. No, I, I loved where John went. He that. just that was burned like, was those like, brain cells. I don't off. even. Know, I don't know if this is based in John's research. <laughs> if this is based in fact that this is John. I've seen the YouTube. Video. I don't know where this is coming from or where it's going to, I, but it's a fun ride. I have. A, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I have fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Sure. The, the uh, the Criterion Collection. It came with oh, this okay. two. They had like two or three documentaries yeah. on him, and like literally, it went down just like I said. Like, exactly. The guy's like knocking on the door, and he's like, "Hey, we can't get Hunter out of the room." And then he finally opens a door, and he's got blue pieces yes, yeah. all over him. He's like, "Jesus, man, what do you want?" Like he's just totally fucking crazy. Uh, I have uh, this is Spinal shit. Tap, the Criterion Collection. You have who? This is Spinal Tap. Oh, this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> and see, Sid and Nancy. See how it happens. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's what happens. <laughs> All right. You say criteria. You say all that good stuff. The thing I choose to focus on is Criterion Collection. I'm like, I, then I start doing that Terminator thing, like Criterion Collection. What do I have? This is Spinal Tap. Sid Fuck Nancy. you, asshole. You know, it's like I got, I got these things. Sid Nancy is a great movie. Hey, Sid buddy. Nancy is a great movie. You got a dead cat right. in there or what? <laughs> But again, yes, so, no, maybe. <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> did did that offend you, by the way, when we said that? Because remember, that was well, actually you said, said. Fuck with, you, asshole. No, no, no. Remember, we we talked about that in an earlier episode of the Ninth Story, where I talked. I, I can't remember if it was you or me, but we talked about that's what we envisioned John Towers' brain to be working like. The oh Termin- yeah, the Terminator. Well, he posted. He's like, I am not a Terminator. Right, right. And that was. <laughs> I'm like, was, he's more like Cal Reese. Right, but it was done with a great amount of affection. It was like he's got so much shit kicking around in there. No. That like it's like it's got to be like a program. No. Like oh god, dude, I can find. All right, what? Stick uh, your finger. <laughs> I'm gonna focus on this. Fuck, fuck you, ass. All right. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so Cupid. Ahead. Let's talk about Cupid and the tale with him and Psyche. Okay. Cupid and Psyche. Remember? Do you remember the Scritty Politi tune? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? There, there's this. I'm people, just. I'm cutting all of you out of this. No, show. no, 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 no. Put, put that out there because somebody, either listening to uh, Ninth Story or Red Horse, is going to go. I can't believe he just dropped Scritty Politi reference in it because they had a they had an album in like 1986 called Cupid and Psyche. <laughs> Seriously. Dude, I'm putting that in the fucking show notes. It's all right. I'm the one. That's how you're going to get that listener in Thailand because they're going to go, oh, yeah, it's going to be Politi. It just came out in Thailand. Right. <laughs> they just, just they were just, just playing at a rib fast in Thailand. <clears throat> so, Psyche, here's, here's what I like about that story. The whole thing where, like, Cupid and Psyche hook up is because Venus is jealous of Psyche being a better looking lady than her. Okay. So she's like, hey, son, why don't you go kill this bitch? And, of course, he falls in love with her. And Is this where he gets stabbed by his own arrow? He gets stabbed by his own arrow. And and then he essentially marries her, I guess. And he, like, puts her in this mansion, a la Beauty and the Beast type of thing. And he's like, don't look at me. Right. So he comes every night and he bones her. And her sister shows up and she's like, hey, you know what? I bet he's ugly as shit. That's why he doesn't <laughs> want you to see him. So... Then she brings the lamp out when she realizes it's Cupid, and she accidentally spills the lamp oil all over him. And he's like, hey, bitch, that hurts! <laughs> and he takes off, and he's like, fuck you, see you later, get the fuck out of my place. Wow, that's, um... 
when you hear Dan tell it like that, it's not quite as romantic no, as not. what we've made it out to be. No, because these these gods are very petty. It's like I, a I, classical interpretation by Dan. It really is. It was like, the way Dan read that is like, there's nothing about roses and chocolates there. What? They're all fucking petty, man. Dan, can you give me the Disney version now of well, what happened that, there? That's um, that's actually something worth note uh, as far as Greek mythology is concerned. Yeah. Is the Greeks pictured the gods to be just like them, just a lot mm-hmm. taller. Like they, they, <laughs> they just have bigger cocks. <laughs> they just had um, they, you know, were going through all of the same things normal people do. I mean, in theory, it's just they were above. They were just that much bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just That's it. You was, just, that, was you, that it? You couldn't fuck. <laughs> with that was the metric they chose. Like <laughs> everything is the same. They're it's just a they're couple just a inches taller. <laughs> When Christianity came in, they basically took all of the indigenous religions and made them all evil. Well, in the first four centuries AD, mm-hmm. when the um, Christian armies were converting um, Europe, mm-hmm. they did do that. They they sometimes they made them evil, and not really in that same time period. Uh, but when the Jews were taking over the Middle East mm-hmm. uh, and creating Israel, they would do the same thing. That's where we get the demon named Baal mm-hmm. was actually a Syrian god at one point in time. Right. And, you know, they elbow dropped them and were like, now, <laughs> now this is a now we're going to identify this deity, your I, deity, as a demon. I disagree. I don't think it was a. a I think it was a figure four leg. Uh, the figure four leg right, locked right, them. Right, right, right. <laughs> but um, after after the death of Christ, they would. You know, and the Christian army was marching through and subjugating all these people and converting them. Right. They wouldn't make them into bad guys per se, but they would incorporate their traditions and fit them into uh, Christianity. Which a yeah, lot that's of- why Mary's so important in Europe because Mary was essentially the conversion of the goddess Diana because they knew they had this this goddess mother and they could say, well, it's really kind of the same yeah, lady. A, a lot of the a lot of the Catholic Church feast days mm-hmm. run across oh, pagan absolutely. holidays. And that's right. that's actually including things like Christmas. It's right. actually like yeah. the winter solstice and stuff like that. So it's not so much made him into a bad guy. It's trying to find the best way to co-opt him. If you like Diana, then you're going to love Mary. Come on the, over. The, the one notable difference is the Viking religion based around Thor. Christians had a hard time with... Uh, uh, those Norwegians up there, right? So what they did is the missionaries that got there, instead of trying to co-opt them, they made the Thor religion basically like a a prequel to Christianity. At the end of Ragnarok, when all hell broke loose and all the gods died, gods, monsters, elves, giants, everybody died. There stood only the, the tree of life in the plain where Asgard used to be, right? And inside this tree was a... a uh, a man and a woman were hidden inside of it and they came out after the end and you know with the world serpent and the tree and the man and the woman is kind of heavily referenced that that was Adam and Eve so Ragnarok uh, was like a reboot it moved on to this next thing so that's where the guy came out and he's like yeah you like serpents let me show you my serpent <laughs> I got a trouser serpent I got a loincloth serpent <laughs> let me show it you the white snake that, that, that's um by the way wow I'm just gonna say that, and <laughs> he, and this is he from, knows the shit. This is from the doctor who's like, hey, you know, I don't really prepare. <laughs> I don't know. And there's a, here's a, here's why because I get apparently did you did you research that does that shit just roll off your tongue? No, I just because it, I know you research a lot of stuff for I, the writing that you do. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's just stuff I have. Like, that's right. So you, know, you just have it all locked the up in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't have I don't have no no no. I know. I mean, for the listeners, again, that just reaffirms my whole Terminator. Whatever. Because John, let me accessing database. John wasn't looking. 
at anything. No. Wasn't, wasn't turning any pages. That was just all. That was, you know. But did you see the fire in his eyes? Absolutely. The excitement. But, but, He's like, yeah. It kind of goes back to what uh, David Nassau told you a few episodes ago and back to the core of this, the podcast, mm-hmm. is that as humans, that's what we do. We're the only species that tells stories. Yes. And everything is, mythology is a story. Everything that we do is stories. Mm-hmm. It's stories. It's how we teach each other. That, it's how that, we that, pass that's along right. our knowledge. And, um, and there, I mean, there's I'm, so I'm, many recurrent themes. It's, yeah, I'm kind of speechless about what, what John just said. I mean, because there's, there's this fundamental um, belief, like when you're doing comics do do you view like like the superhero as kind of like modern day mythology well i look at i i come from like the uncle joe campbell sort of school of mythology where by definition it has to be transformative you like your every myth is a is the hero's journey joe would say right and he tied it into this mono myth where he's like hey the aborigines over here and these guys in ireland over here tell the exact same fucking story they right. just change the name yeah <clears throat> so it's all about you know the guy you know whatever their journey is or whatever the myth that's being told but it's by definition it's transformative it's yep. it's it's the kid that turns into the king. Ancient astronaut theorists believe <laughs> that all these stories actually are aliens that came down to visit us. Well, it all goes back to that. that that's where that comes from. It's the whole, there are only seven basic stories. Right. And that's true. And from culture to culture, it's the same yep. story. So what's the difference between the Greek god and the Roman god? I mean, because well, it certainly the, seems like you know. The I Greek mean, god's older. The When the Romans became the motherfucker, fuckers in charge right, right. basically mm-hmm. instead of using their old uh their old paganism what they did is they took the greeks and they were like okay well hermes is now mercury zeus is now jupiter and gotcha. <clears throat> all the artwork still relates <laughs> because you know right, the, right, it's right. the same dudes just with different just with different names yeah well so so to clear is it true that all roads do lead to rome yeah and at one point in time but now we got bridges to nowhere, right. you know, if you can't. And yeah. when in Rome do you? I've never been to Rome. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but just to, real quick, I know, uh, just to answer your question about the superhero yeah, mythology, yeah. I don't think that today, you know, the mainstream comics are mythology. I know everyone likes to say it's the new mythology and stuff, yeah. but we, you never get the change. You know, you get the hero, you get the kid that turns into the hero, but you never get the hero that turns into the king and dies. Yeah, fair point. You well, right. Of, well, you do, but then the yeah, two, you know, the two months, two months later, two they months bring later. Back, yeah. right, 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 right. But I mean, that was a big thing in that um, in that documentary, Necessary Evil, where all these writers are talking about their views that comic book heroes are really that's the new mythology. Yeah, that's really what it is. We're, these are modern gods in. Put, we're putting them in different and, modern day situations. And they have a lot of points because they it, do. because it's commute. Like it's I don't want to say communal, but like a lot of different writers are adding their stuff into the thing and with the oral traditions of how mythology was passed exactly on it's right. the same kind of thing yeah. but to me just from like with I'm sorry with <clears throat> the exception of the Batman <laughs> but uh, just coming from like a purely is it really capital M mythology yeah. I don't you know I don't think so because we rarely get to the the twilight part of the, yeah, it's the a, journey it's a, it's a it's a pale substitute for the allegory that that we, we need allegory we need and I think if a we, story that's removed from if and if we didn't 
you know, they wouldn't still be turning out Hercules movies or right. Clash of the Titan movies. Yeah. Like those stories still have something to say, no matter how. Unless it's uh, a Metro Goldwyn Mayer, and it's like uh, wow. ABC in the late '70s when they did Battlestar Galactica, where they were trying to like, hey, we got there's a whole lot of shit going on politically. This whole Star Wars thing was just a big phenomena, and then we got this whole mythology. So let's just get really fucking lazy. You know, you had a character named Apollo. Yeah. You had a character named Athena. It would, Battlestar Galactica, the original '70s yeah. version, was so far ahead of its time. Only now are we getting to see those theories played out in any kind of serious manner yeah, on, I, I on you know a basic cable channel like H2. Yeah. And you know when you look at that that you know the story you know how you know the lost tribes are actually on earth and you know the armadas of battle stars are coming to find them like that's all you know right out of like those Eric von Daniken books. And when you read I don't know how much of it is bullshit when you try to read the backstory on what, what Glenn Larson was trying to do. There's there's a lot of motivation behind that, what they tried to do. But then when you watch the finished product, um, they miss the mark a lot. And, and I think a lot of that was just production quality of 1979. And I'm sure, and I'm sure he couldn't make it as lofty as he wanted. Right, but I think he really had a good idea. Yeah. when you wa- When you read the backstory and then you watch it and you're like, they were really ahead of their time, yeah, but nobody yeah. was. Nobody was. I guess that's the definition yep. of ahead of their time. <clears throat> like, nobody was ready for it. They were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. When well, they, they watched were, it on the one level, right, right? But there were other layers that I, people just. Well, th- that's my point. It's like I hadn't watched Battlestar Galactic in a long time. I watched it when I was a kid. I was mm-hmm. fucking ten years old, and now on you know stream picks, you can watch the full. For, and you watch them like. Boy, they really were doing something that I didn't realize they were doing. Yeah, most people <clears throat> that watch it on the level Dan's talking about would say, no, it's just a Star Wars ripoff. Like, right. Star Wars was big, and they're just trying to cash in on that. Sure, but then there's this other thing, too. And I just, I don't think that <clears throat> they went as crazy as they could have with it because right. no one would ever fucking watch it. You know what and I mean? And they didn't. Yeah. And that was the point. Nobody yeah. did because that show was only on for year because people were like. And then they had like two TV movies. Yeah, or they did the, and, the Earth thing, yeah. and, and that was, it went sideways. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. That was bad. Uh, so here's my aside from, from my research on Cupid and Venus. Cupid and, and Psyche. In ancient Roman religion, Victoria was person- the personified goddess of victory. She is the Roman equivalent of the Greek goddess Nike and was associated with Bologna. They, um, there's so many, they're, all their gods and stuff kind of mismatch. And there's like some that share sort of mm-hmm. jobs and along with that, a lot of them pick up extra kind of duties, right? And like, uh, duty. <clears throat> like there's this uh, a concept of Venus, which is Venus victorious, and they, um, they, the Greeks got it from the Persians, where they're like Aphrodite is armored and she's like a badass, right? They got that from the Persians when they were skirmishing, and then when the Romans took that over, they took Venus and one of the one of the things that they had her do is become armored and like this warrior kind of woman. So there's just like a million different kind of slots, and you talk about stories that are told over thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you kind of get like all different sort of fingers and different. Bowls. I don't know if Stick that's a mixed your metaphor. finger. I don't know if that's a mixed metaphor. <laughs> it's not, but 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 you. It, it begs the question, John. When somebody asks you if you are a god, you say, 
You always say yes. Yeah, it's exactly. Hey, right. You know who I saw? You know who I saw pulled off to the side of the road two days ago? Zool. Zool was right. pulled off to the. I almost stopped and helped, but there was a tow truck there, and I was like, "All right, Zool's Just all right." For future reference, if someone asks if you're a god, you say yeah. yes. Yeah. I always wanted that to be in the second one. I always yeah. wanted someone to say, "Are you a god?" Right. He went yes, and then they would get fucked up for yeah. answering the wrong. The uh, wrong uh, way. Uh, yeah, that would. <clears throat> so Venus was apparently born from dick foam. Did you know that? What? <laughs> I'm speechless. Kronos. Um, you know, Zeus is God, or Zeus is dad. Right. Um, John but knows before way that, too much uh, about mythology, by the way. Before that was Uranus. And, of oh, course, boy. Uranus. <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. Uranus is the... Uranus. Careful. He's the Roman version of Kronos, right? Well, no. Uranus was the original God. He got busy with Gaia. And they had all the kids. That's, but and this Cronus is, was one of them. No, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and Cronus cuts off Uranus's. Well, because it the, falls into the ocean. And then there's dick foam, and then Aphrodite comes from that. Huh. It's interesting. So, like that picture of her with the shell and mm -hmm. all that's, the, where, that's dick foam. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> There, there are so many things to say <laughs> to that that I'm not going to say anything. I, I'm actually I'm actually quoting that from a, a really cool book called Zeus Grants Stupid Wishes, a No Bullshit Guide. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things uh, regarding lineage as far as the uh, Greek myths are concerned. At any given point, these guys were terrified of their sons killing them to take their houses and stuff, and that's reflected throughout their mythology everywhere. You know, Cronus would have these babies, and then he'd be afraid that they would kill him and take his shit, so he would eat them. Yeah. Uh, Zeus is actually the youngest of the Olympian mm -hmm. gods, and he's the one that uh, Rhea, which is the earth goddess that Cronus knocked up, mm -hmm. um, hid him away in a goat in a goat cave in Greece. <laughs> and fed, Where better to hide than in a goat cave? And uh, fed Kronos a stone. Uh, and so Kronos ate the stone thinking it was Zeus. And that let... That's right. And that let Zeus grow up into a man. And when he... A man. When he came out of that cave, boy, he was pissed. And he's like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker and I'm going to get all my brothers and sisters back. Instead of doing that overtly because he was just the power of one. He didn't really even have his god shit going on yet. So he poisoned Kronos, and Kronos threw up the rock first, and then threw up all the the Olympians, and then Zeus pulled them all aside and said, "Look, we got to organize, clean and, that shit off, yeah. Now let's go. Yeah, and we got to uh, go and, and wage war on these the Titans. They were the Titans. That's see, awesome. you see, I think the, the the basic point here is, and this is something you and all I've for love. About before. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think this is what happens when the human mind is not distracted by television. Yes. Because seriously, I mean, this is, mythology is really storytelling, and mm -hmm. if that's what you have to do, and the way the mind works, and the way you create these stories to make them compelling, you know, Dan and I have talked about this before, John, and I don't know if you feel the same way. Um, it's that whole thing, like, if you really want to focus on the creative portion of your brain, you have to do so in that manner. Like you got to lock yourself away, and you got to write, and you got to write, and write, and write, and write, and write, and write. And through that exercise, you get all the bad shit, all the blah blah blah, and then your mind kind of flips over, and then you start telling the the, the, the truth. Because those stories, mythology in and of itself, if you you know, again, you're you clearly have done 
research on this and know what you're talking about. But to the that sounds ludicrous. But those are the <laughs> and I don't mean that yeah. as a reflection on you. But those are the stories that you that get passed down over the year, and I think that's really foretelling of the fact that that's what the human mind as a storytelling device is capable of doing. If it doesn't get bogged well, down by all this shit, that's how I mean that's how they used to message. That's back right. In those that's days. exactly right, and, and that's the point. That story is teaching you, that's hey, right. when you have kids, you better watch them right, because they want your fucking shit. Right. It's the cautionary <laughs> tale about, hey, now, hey, this is what you got to do. This is why, you know, be mindful, spare the rod, spoil the child. You know that all that bullshit. Yeah. That, that that's exactly right. But well, it's but funny. it's amazing how colorful the stories get. Yeah, and, they, and that was just the abridged version. I know. Like, it's, it's <laughs> that's, I, that's exactly right. But uh, that actually came up, not the mythology portion, but what you're talking about about getting away from the TV. That yeah. came up in the Wiccan panel. Um, this guy named Nick Noir who's from um, uh, North Carolina. Is that his real name? That's his name. Nick Noir. Noir. That's, that's like a Quentin Tarantino. He's a he's a, uh, he's a performer. He does he does. Oh, is this like, the guy you were telling me about earlier? Yeah, he does yeah. like a freak show yeah. thing too. So, uh, but not he's, like Jim Rose. He's like sort of like he does. A, does he pound like a big seven inch spike into his? No, he works on a. He's he pounds a, a six inch spike through a, a board with his penis. He's got a uh, girls got our standards. He he works with a bed of nails, like he like, yeah. like you know that kind of stuff. But he talked about how. You know, humanity, our culture in general is programmed by TV and this kind of stuff. And he does a lot of talking about fighting your programming and turn off your TV. And I, I was actually really touched by his part of the that panel. Well, I, had a, I, had a, I actually like that about, you know, when you talk with Nelson Piles, where he mm-hmm. talked about, I mean, and I can relate to that. I have, you know, a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old. Nelson was like, no, I mean, we limit. I mean, I have a couple of kids and they don't get to watch. Yeah. You know. They can read whatever and, and they want. Can, and you can see that. I mean, I and, I and I'm bad in that regard. My, my kids are so influenced by their iPod pods, television, etc. And it's like, you know, my son, I, I was telling him, like, go read a book. <laughs> you, you know? Like, when I was your age, I had one thing to play with. Dude, outside. Ser- seriously, that, that's exactly right. It's like the wilderness. You know, I didn't have people to play with. We didn't have play dates. I didn't have, I, you know, Atari was the shit. Go outside. Right, I do th- something. Right, I had three channels. So, yeah, I'm sorry for, like, steering wildly off. No, no, no you're, you didn't. You're, you're right on topic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In terms um, of mythology. In terms of mythology, yeah, absolutely. Um, you're way off topic in terms of other things, but you're <laughs> on, in terms of mythology, you're right on. You're you're dead on. And it's and it's what you were talking about is interesting because my my good friend Cindy and I were talking about this on Saturday when we we're coming back from that writers conference I mentioned that TV and media is so distracting now. It's almost like it's on purpose. It's oh, like this I, is yeah. this is the way you as a human being are supposed to think because you start to fit things together and make sense out of things. You're like, oh, it's all, it's this is that, the world I'm in. It's all that edited reality. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're tied up in all this other stuff, you don't have the time. I don't know that there's anybody. I don't know anybody personally. I don't know if you do that takes a half an hour a day and just does nothing. Yeah. I, know, I mean, I know writers. So, I know writers who meditate like yeah. a part of their daily thing is you know they wake up in the morning and do their. I mean, there's there's so, there's certainly something to be said for just being quiet for ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I think it takes ten minutes for you to get to the point where like your mind isn't throwing shit at you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's and, right. and once you get to that point, I mean, I, I think that's a valuable exercise f- for anybody to try. Like I've tried uh, transcendental meditation, mm-hmm. and because you know, like I've been talking about, you know, one of my problems is I can't slow my brain down enough to relax, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I just can't do it. Like I could sit in a dark room and you know, Indian style with fucking candles and all that. And I just, I just can't, I, I guess it's a discipline thing. I know that I can do it. I just have, can't. Have you tried peyote? No. <laughs> 
I did when I lived in Arizona. I got well. Uh, that's what you my, do. I think my friend Harry took me out to. A Isn't that part of it? Like as soon as you cross the border, you they just give it to you. It's like a checkpoint. They just start passing. It no, out. it's only legal if you're on a reservation, and it and it's it's you don't use it as a drug. They actually call it medicine. It's it's to put on a you reservation. With, I think I'm offended by that. <laughs> um, I don't, that that reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where he's being insensitive oh, towards oh, oh, the yeah. cigar store Indian, right? Yeah. <laughs> What are but, you, an Indian giver? I made reser. Uh, I called ahead. <laughs> right. Hey, the res. That's what, what are you? You're giving that? Are you a somebody who welches on a? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. No, that's right. It, it's the. Um, I mean, they call it the res when you're out there. I mean, that's what my friend Harry called it, and all his family and friends. Um, but it's it's not a drug. It's they they call it a medicine, and, it, and it's to put you in touch with a different reality or or the spirit world. Yeah, what's behind things? The true reality, not what we're caught up here in the physical world, because this is always a distraction from what we're here to learn a lesson. We're here to learn things, but there's something else behind the veil. All I know is that when Mickey and Mallory ate the peyote, they shot that poor Indian bastard and all shit went. Yeah, and they got bit all, by snakes. All hell broke loose. Yeah. That's right. What? They got bit by. They got bit. John knows what I'm talking. That's a natural born killer's reference. Did she get? Did she oh, get okay. bit by a rattler? Or uh, didn't did they all get, get bit by? I mean, I thought they both got. Bit. And then they he go, did a couple then, of times. And then they go to the pharmacy and they rob the pharmacy yes. for snake bite medicine. Yes. Wow, yes. that's what happens when you bastardize something. <laughs> that whole movie is great. Like, there's so much crazy shit going on in that movie. There, it is, and that's some. Before we take a break, Dan, I will say because I think that's number gonna, eight. Yeah. We're going to come back to that. So maybe we'll, we'll just we'll just save that for when we talk about Natural Born Killers as one of the greatest love stories of our time. Why don't we take a break on that? The temples we build Will come the landstone The kingdom we follow No longer Time on the road We fell through the cracks There's still revolution It's too late to turn back Time caught us up We came to a close We're moving in circles We're watching other gods grow This is Jessica McHugh, and you're listening to the Ninth Story Podcast. Also, your balls are hanging out. Just FYI. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're going to try to stay on topic. See, and, and even you, doctor, who John an expert is, on staying on topic, John is, we have ruined you. It's, no, no, it's your job to keep me on topic. John is trying very hard. <sighs> 
the, 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 well, that's not going to work. The, the, Our uh, goal here is to be as far off topic as possible. We go off on these strange fucking tangents. The like segments here. Here's the difference. Like I don't know if and, and listeners will pick up on this. Mm. Um, when John's talking, we don't talk. It's re- seriously. It's like EF Hutton, and, and, that, and we should maybe we should have John on all the time because when he starts talking, it's like wow, that's some deep yeah. shit. When you and I are talking, it's like we're yeah, just like, well, right oh hey, you know what? Right, 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 right. We're just barking over the top, top of one another. another. It's like oh, you know, well, you, you know what? I wanted to tell you about yeah. this, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, we could go this way. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. That's what we're good at. There's a lot more of that that gets edited from the show. It just sounds like we're collaborative. We're usually like, shut up, I'm talking. You guys I, should do the show from two different rooms. I look yeah. at it. Just merge the audience. It's, it's that whole thing. Like I, I've always told people, John, that one of the things about me as a as a as a writer, he's got a big writer. ego. Yeah, well, that not a, not a big. E- I don't have a big ego. I, I do. I fall oh. in love with the sound of my own voice. I've said that before, but I have always acknowledged that I need something else I'm a, I'm a big muse guy I'm not a solo performer I need to be part of an ensemble I always said one thing that I would want to do is if you gave me my dream job it would be to be like in the writer's room on Saturday Night Live or something like that I would love to work in that right. environment I'm not the I don't want to go out on stage and be the guy getting all that I don't you know like in a band because I you know I'm a musician I don't want to be the lead singer blah blah I want to be part of an ensemble that's always my thing so that's that's I need somebody else to propel me the the hazard with that is once I'm with that person then I'm just, then you can't stop me I'm just all like all over the place if I was just like one guy sitting here I'd be like um the next thing we're going to talk about is um yeah uh, i know that feeling yeah, you know what i mean yeah it's a, but like when you get somebody else it's like you and and I, that's what i love about it, it's like you have no fucking idea where you're going right. and that's kind of that's kind of the, that's how i write right right no, exactly you, that you find you know you surprise yourself yeah you find creativity yeah. hidden hidden in those mm-hmm. areas yeah exactly 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 yeah he's 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 like an old Dodge dart or something that's just like you try to turn it off and it's just like dun, 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 I guess sure whatever so we talk about that works for you dun, 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 come on alright so <laughs> <laughs> Sam's trying to keep him on track alright so why don't we go through some movies that uh, the folks can watch for Valentine's Day I, I came up with some here and uh, I'll just throw them out there and you guys tell me why you think these are or aren't a good movie for people to watch for Valentine's Day. What I'm looking for is stuff that is not the English patient. <laughs> I'm looking for something like where if you're a couple, you can sit down on the couch and watch this and you'll both get something out of it. Um, in other words, kind of like chick flicks that guys are okay with. Okay. First one, True Romance. True Romance. I remember the first time I saw True Romance, I actually watched that with my girlfriend at the time. Um, I agree you get with lucky? you. I don't remember. I don't, you know. We both got something out of it. I think that was, um, it, but it is it is a kind of a cool love story. I, I, I agree. But it's more, I, I always looked at that as that, that's Quentin Tarantino's love story to himself. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's the whole, the, look at this Clarence character and how cool, he's a nerd, I, but he's so cool. I think he does he's this. I think he just remakes that movie over and over. <laughs> I, exactly I, right. I, I, I think, think you're like right. every single Tarantino movie has like, it has to have like a kernel of, you know, film I think you're right. Uh, Nonsense in it, and it has to have a film geek that's like... Right, and and the funny thing is, as we go into your your topic number two, that'll come out because there was a time back to... I was a huge fan of his, yeah. and it, but then it gets to be like, okay, it's a formula at this right. point. Patricia, I love Patricia Arquette. Yeah. We talked about that before. She's a hot little minx, <laughs> fat shit crazy. 
Um, I'm not a big fan of Christian Slater. He was always annoying. Some, Came up here to kill some, you. Some great but you're scenes dead. in True Romance. Some good dialogue. Very pedestrian. Very early Tarantino. Very juvenile. Mm-hmm. Very like like I made the comment to you. Hey, I'm a writer. I just found my pen. You know, there's a lot of things you can learn about it. Um, but it is kind of it's a neat love story because of everything he does and it's you know, got it's, the it's walk got a, and hopper scene. I mean, if that, nothing else, again, a that great, is worth the entire scene. admission to the movie. And I do love the commentary on Hollywood at the end. Yeah, that scene with Saul Rubinek is the mm, director. Yes. You know, with the whole coming home in a body bag or whatever the fuck the name is. That's a great scene. Yeah, and with all the gunplay and the cocaine and everything just blowing up, and then Clarence and uh, I think that's a lot of Tarantino though. I mean, it's weird because nowadays, like, you can find all his reference material. Yeah, reference material. Yeah. Basically, the foreign films that he's Elmore Leonard jacked entire. Yeah, you remember back from- in the day where it was like when he first came out, John? It was like he he mentioned Sonny Chiba, and people were like, "Who the fuck is Sonny?" Chiba and people and he mentioned Elmore Leonard and people like I never heard of that guy and and he catapulted them into popular culture. Yeah. It's like Beavis and Butthead with uh, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Winger. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> that too. <laughs> well, it was the converse. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Django Unchained. Now, see, that's why I said so. Django Unchained. It's got something for the ladies. It's got a cock. But I, I did. I've not seen Django Unchained. Me neither. And the reason why is because it's like Jamie as Fox much as penis I hear, is in it. Great. Well, <laughs> no, that's it, why you haven't seen it. I'm saying. What I understand, but hey, Mark Wahlberg's penis was in Boogie Nights, or was it? I think it was fake. Oh, yeah. it was well, that prosthetic. was the you know that was the the money shot. Yeah, that was the equivalent of the money is, shot. Is Jamie Foxx's prosthetic penis in this film, or is it real? I don't care. Uh, that, <laughs> this is not oh, making me want to go and watch. Jake right, Lynch. it's in there for like one second. <laughs> but, but but the thing is, you know, and this kind of goes the. Um, I made reference to this before. Um, David Foster Wallace, the the title of his autobiography is, you know, every love story is a ghost story, and and I think that's the converse is true. Every ghost story, the, these are they're, they're good choices just mm-hmm. because um, I've criticized True Romance, which is a film I love, and I've never watched Django Unchained. I get where you're going with it. These are, and they're sometimes overlooked. I think that, the next one is the is the big one. For a, me. A, amen. Yeah, a, I, I agree with you entirely. But, Princess Bride. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, just move on to it. Without <laughs> well, you only got 15 minutes left. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah, you, somebody's got to cut me off. Princess Bride. I think it's great. I yeah. mean, there's no dick or fart jokes in it. Uh, there's a, a great romance story. There's awesome supporting characters. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so quotable. Like Some tremendous humor. Yeah. He didn't just, say and, true love. He said... And even the, the humor that's not in-your-face humor yeah. is... And again, that movie has incredible rewatchability. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's so every much. Every time in it's that. on, I'm every like, time I watch it, I see something new. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's got Andre the Giant in it. Fezzik. Yes, it's great. You That's a great my movie. Giant. That's yeah. I there's, there's, to, to your point, there's so much quotable stuff in that. Yeah, and so much subtle stuff. I mean, one of my favorite lines is the whole "You're in the pit of the." <laughs> You're in the pit of despair. The Don't even. Th- I mean, I just love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a great Mel Blanc right. kind of. Right. Exactly. Kind of yeah. I like uh, the mastermind in the the game of wits. Ah, uh, yes. I th- that whole scene is just it blows me away. I would put the I'm... poison in front of you, <laughs> but you would expect that, so I put the poison in front of me, and I expect that. I could act circles around anybody. Yeah. Like I wish I don't know if he's still making movies or what, but that is he, just he's a, he's actually one of the he was a voice in all the Toy Story movies. He was okay. like the voice of the pig. Wallace, awesome. I think it's Wallace Shawn. He's still around. That's awesome. But you're right. I mean that w- that was one of the best. It was a incredibly well written. Yes. 
because just the whole and I knew that you would know because you were from and I would know that you have studied so it's like it's just yeah. it's great logic it's yeah. a great circular logic discussion but anyway. I placed the poison in front of me because I've grown an immunity to and it and then I love the reveal in that yeah. with the whole it doesn't matter because I built up a tolerance I, yeah. to Iocane yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like I spent years building up a tolerance to Iocane powder just because I knew this was going to happen someday Wait, it, it, that's the best part anyway in my opinion that's the best yeah part. that is the best part yeah. Terminator. So that's an interesting. So where are you going with that one? Oh, because they make the baby that saves the human race. Kyle Reese and Linda Hamilton. Sarah Connor. Sarah, Sarah Connor. Yeah, but I mean, is that Ted a great is that, is that a great romance tale or love story? Isn't that just kind of like every night in Pittsburgh? <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to cross I mean, that's, like the, that's like the whole reason he comes back is because he falls in love with the picture of Lin, it, Linda Hamilton's character, Sarah Connor. Sarah I think the thing. Uh, then, you know I, what? That's true. But isn't that kind of just like, isn't that just like the, the 80s with the I, whole, I came across time for you, Sarah? You know, well, which is nice. No, it's, it is a great I, romantic moment. I think the moment. thing that makes it different yeah. is because the, how do I say this with, with keeping in the continuity? John Connor, the son of both of them, sends him back in time to find his mom. So it's not, I just traveled through time to, you know, find you, baby. It's our son sent me back in time. <laughs> John, that's just, you just make it sound so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go back in time there and uh, but you're bang right. my I mean, mom? I mean, because if you get there in the 80s, it's very hard for her to get away. I, I, if, if you say it like that, I mean, that does kind of put it in a different light. It's, like a, it's sort of like a family unit thing rather than just like a random dude gets sent across time to save his mom or whatever. When I watch it, I mean, that's one of the things that I think about. It's like he hangs out with this guy for how long, and he's like his second in command or whatever. And that's like his dad. He's like, right. and he can't tell him that. Yeah. He's like, you know, I get you to hang everything up. And yeah. Told him, yeah. And how hard is that? Yeah. You know, to like, you know, that's your father, and you're bonding, and you have this, these moments together. But you're like, I, I can't say. And then when. He, he's not going to know until he goes back and he's going to die at that point. So it's I, I, like, and you know what? Hearing you guys talk about it, I think that I agree. Um, this is one of those things where I, I have a difficult time. If I'm looking at The Terminator as a standalone movie, I agree with you entirely. What happens to me is it's like, and, and I was actually going to put this out there to you one time. Like, hey, John, do you want to do a show where you talk about once you've abolished the rules of the space-time continuum, isn't it kind of all fucking bets are off? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and that's what, from a storytelling continuity perspective, it's like, once you once you do that, like, whether you're talking about the Terminator films or the Back to the Future yeah. films, it's a fucking free-for-all. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if well, you, if you invest in the franchise, and don't, and don't get me wrong, Terminator 2 is a Oh, I love it's that. It's so fucking much better movie. than the first movie. That yeah. movie so awesome. is is just it, it's 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 literally like the where the Godfather two is better than the Godfather. Yeah. Terminator two is a great movie. Yeah, yeah it's the the other ones start to kind of they just uh, get I this, but I just watched I I for the first time just watched the Christian Bale one not too long ago and I'm like okay enough is a fucking enough and they're re, they're rebooting the whole thing now they, okay see I didn't need to hear that the the second one it's funny because when I watched I'm like. Yeah, it's a cool action movie, but it's actually a, a philosophy study. It is. it is. And, you know, like, I try to explain to my wife, like, this is the coolest philosophy movie you'll ever watch, ever, yeah. besides maybe the first Matrix movie. The and, first, I was just, it's funny you say that, because <clears throat> the, the first Matrix movie, from a philosophical standpoint, is a big mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll get you. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got? Um, Raiders and of the Lost Ark. Marion. Well, I'm I'm still the you know we 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 touched on this ground before that I'm I've, I've always been a little bit 
Okay, how much older? Yeah, that's Marian, a little creepy. Right, how much older than Mary how, was Andy? <laughs> hey, I got a bone to pick with you. And John wouldn't know that because <laughs> he, he doesn't he doesn't invest any time in the loss in the Crystal Skull one. So. <laughs> now, um, uh, you guys were talking about Indiana Jones movies a couple of yeah. shows ago, and you guys totally discounted uh, Temple of Doom. I did. I did. He did. It's, that's did. my favorite I, one. I know it's your favorite one. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's I so discounted it. And, I, and, and it was kind Cover of your heart, Dr. Jones. Yeah. But did you, I discounted it because of Short Round. I think that. And I, again, I, I admit that's a that's an incredibly short-sighted critique just of the film. To just it's say, not racist. He doesn't care for the character. <laughs> right. I and, think, and it blows. And I didn't like Kate Capshaw. I, you know, and, and that comes back to the whole, you really? know, when I, when I talk about this show, well, I like Kate Capshaw physically more than Karen Allen. Um, but I, oh God, I hope so. But it's that whole thing like, th- that's my short-sightedness and you're better at it, Dan's better at it. I'm well, more like a critic where it's like, I look at the backstory and I'm like, I didn't like the fact that Spielberg put his girlfriend in the fucking movie. I, I think you know? the reason that I'm attached to that movie, I think, is because my folks were going through a divorce. Yes, we talked about this. Too. And I think like I, uh, I was like, hey, this is a movie about some kids that are in the middle of some fucking crazy ass shit. And I think that I just was like 100 percent on board with it. At I, I agree. And you talk about that. I, I think I heard you talk about that before. I think <laughs> from my perspective, John, Raiders of the Lost Ark was was such a great yeah. Movie, yeah. and I remember going to see Temple of Doom and, and being so let down. Do you have you tried to rewatch Last don't get Crusade? Me wrong. I'll wa- yeah, I watch it all the time. I because th- they're on all the time. I don't think it aged well. Like I, think, it didn't I because th- you know what? When that movie came out, I was like, "That's the best one." Yeah, me too. And, and then you was, watch it again, and Julia, you're like, "This movie is awful." It is. It's <laughs> funny that you say that because the I actually, on fire. I actually like Temple and of the Doom. Chair. Better. I I actually put. I mean, in in the grand scheme of things, as much as I've tried to advocate and convince you to get to my side, <laughs> Crystal Skull is last. Raiders of the Lost Ark is first. Temple of Doom is second. Yeah, it, it is in my opinion. I actually put them in order like they came out. Right. Where for a period of time, Last Crusade was was second and. There was when it first came out. Me and my buddies were like, "This is the greatest yeah. Indiana Jones movie ever," just because we were so enamored right. with Sean Connery. Yeah, um, but it yeah, is. I mean, hey, let's get back to fighting Nazis. I'm in on that. You know, it, like I can get behind. I can get it didn't the, age well. Yeah, yeah, it really. You didn't. watch it. And it's there's like, some good. It's, there's some great dialogue in it. Well, again, we love the whole he'll blend in dialogue. Yeah, yeah, and and there's some Sean Connery has some juicy lines. It's good stuff. Yeah. So so anyway, but so why do you think Raiders of the Lost Ark is a love story? Why? Yeah. Because it's all about him trying it's to all find about him box. trying to see that's where I was going because I agree with you it has nothing to do with the girl it goes back to that earlier comment about uh, it kind of goes back to the man's man discussion of his pursuit of something it's a love story in terms of Indy's pursuit of hey, hey Marion's box he really just it seems like he just tolerates her that's right like through the whole movie even 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 in the most touching scene which where she's is, trying to clean right him here <laughs> Here and then he kind of melts down, but yeah. at, the, at the same point, it's like, okay, hey, Belloc, I don't give a shit if you want to have your way with her, that's fine. Like, I'm so I'm going after that. If Belloc if Belloc didn't have the didn't have the arc and Indy took the arc and Belloc took Marion, Indy would have just been like, see ya. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, and she doesn't show up again until that skull movie. <laughs> He's like doing fine for many many years without her. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? They uh, weren't you, honey. That's the line. You guys like True Lies. You guys talk about True Lies. Yeah. I think it's and a Valentine's Day movie because Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't look awful doing her striptease. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just like, 
have you ever gotten the conversation where people will try to convince you that she's a hermaphrodite? She's a hermaphrodite. Yeah, right. And you're like, have you ever seen True Lies? No, that's a body double. She actually has a penis under there. <laughs> I've frame by framed it in the name of research. And <laughs> Much like I did for the reboot of Friday the 13th. Right uh, Right there. I was where the cock would be. To which I always say, did you ever see, there's a movie that she was in called Love Letters in like 1983 or something. And back in the day, Jamie Lee Curtis was naked all the time. Yeah. But there's this movie, Love Letters, that she's in with, um, it's not Stacy Keach, it's James Keach, the guy who's married to Jane Seymour. And there's a lot of graphic nudity in there, which full frontal with her. You sure and it's not like Silence there, of the Lambs? No, there was no penis. She wasn't tucking. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you look it up on Snopes, they say Would unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Right. Yeah. When exactly. you look it up on Snopes, they say it's unconfirmed. So. Unconfirmed. Well, I guess... Unless, like, she, like, walks in and goes, okay, boys, take a look. Yeah. I guess it's going to remain unconfirmed. Activia! Exactly. Right. She's, I, I, until she's you like, actually she's, have, like, full, I mean, hey, I was there, you know? Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm eating all this yogurt that makes me shit, so you guys don't want to even know anyway. Yeah, it's like, it's like the old uh, weird science bit about the, you know, what, what, what dimension you confirmed that in, you know, like, you know. So why is True Lies a love story, though? Why is it a romance film? Well, I think it's because it's all they're, about, they're it, reconciling. Yes. Like, they they have a, this awful secret in their relationship, yeah. and they're, she working, wants the they're excitement. working through it. Yeah. I think it is a clever movie, and at the end of it, obviously, it, it reconciles, and it's a nice it's a nice guy and chick flick that everybody can relate to. Well, we got one more. We got yeah. two more. We got, well, well, two more. Uh, yeah. We got two more. We got Ooh, Lethal Weapon 2. That's a good one, because he finally gets happy. Yes. And, and then he gets it taken away from him. Yep. In, so, so when he finally does get happy, remember the scene where she's like, uh, he makes some comment about Martin says seventh inning stretch. It's a baseball term. Right. And she was like, "Yeah, I know what it means." Do you think that means they did it seven times? Yeah, yeah. Is that was is that how you took it? Yeah, wow. yeah. He's not been with a woman in quite a while. Yeah, and she's the first one to. Yeah, yeah. She was an attractive uh, female. Yes, she was. For you know being a what was it, Patsy Kensett. Was the was the actress's name? Yeah, she was married to like somebody like I don't know if like it's it a love a, story. It, it's, it, it degenerates into a revenge flick. It does. What's interesting about it is because love makes you do crazy things. I guess in a way, you know, all romance is basically a tale of loss. Yeah. Right. So I guess you know, yeah, I guess yeah. you could say that. So so here's a question for for a couple of writers. Did you feel I I always looked at that like when I first saw that and I can remember seeing that in the theater. I actually saw that the night after I saw Metallica on the Injustice for All tour. Nice. Just a little snippet. <laughs> the, uh, the cult opened up for him, by the way. Um, so I saw that movie, and I'm like, well, that's a great movie. Back then, I'm like, that's neat storytelling, because they tied it all together. When I watch it again now, I'm like, I don't think that's necessary when the... the, 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 the See, John's not shaking his head sideways. I don't think I, it's necessary at all. Do you know where I'm going? Yeah, that the that the South African diplomats organization actually killed his first Exactly. Wife See, he got it. Exactly. That's the thing. I, when I was younger, I'm like, well, boy, that's neat because it ties it all now together. Now he gets to fuck, two, right. gets to fuck a, one person up for two different right. fucking things. As a, as a, now, in, in hindsight, as a storyteller, I'm like, well, that's kind it of... It gets clunky. Right. And, yeah. That's clunky. It makes the... I do this... Th thing when I'm watching like because it becomes the idiot bucket it's the exposition yeah. it's the whole hey hey well, Martin Riggs got, yeah I, I remember you were getting too close to us a year ago and I call like, it uh, what the I, fuck is that I call it making your world too small when yes. you have too many yes. connections yes nice yeah very good very good it, right at that point it becomes everything's like a soap opera yeah but a better way to have done it would be if they killed his dog <laughs> 
Oh, that's rough. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because to me, that's more yeah. rough. If you it, like it, I'll just here. I'll put this out as a challenge to anyone listening. Just put something out on Facebook about killing a dog in a movie, whatever movie that you want to talk about. People will light up. They like, will. I would oh, rather yeah. them kill the infant than that's kill right. this dog. You know what's funny? I just heard something about that yesterday where they talked about the way people react to those things. They were talking about Independence Day, and I don't remember this, but it was like nobody gave a shit that a million people just died. That's right. But that fucking dog. Yeah. Trying they, to get- say, they actually said Vivica Fox. Try, you know, making sure that Will Smith's dog was yeah. okay, and that's what got everybody's there, attention. There's this horror, and movie. you're right. Yeah, there's a horror movie. There's two of them called VHS. It's like a found footage kind of movie. I don't know if you guys watched it. I highly recommend both of them because they're both pretty cutting edge. And this isn't Weird Al Yankovic. No, 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 no. But the se- in the second one, they do an alien abduction thing Uh and in it they kill the dog and I I put on Facebook like I cannot believe they fucking killed the dog in in VHS 2 and like a million people were like that's a good way to get your your hits and your little thumbs up on on your social media like listen to the listen to the ride episode 5 there's a dog in that that's ready to go over a waterfall people are like I will never watch that movie thank you for warning me like people people go crazy over yeah and I don't get it but whatever natural born to each their own why don't we take a quick break? We've okay. got one last thing to cover. Okay. Hey, this is a stepfather from the Caveman Mafia. You're listening to the Night Story Podcast. So one of the things you asked for is if you ever came on the show, you said that we needed to cover this topic. Okay. So can I set this up for a second? You certainly can. Um, It's not my pretty pony either. A a buddy of mine, Jessica McHugh, who's been on your show. Yes. uh, One day she tweeted or Facebooked or something saying, I looked at this because I was going to make a joke about it. And I was terrified that it actually exists. Mm -hmm. And she said, Dino Rodica. And I said, huh? Like, I got to do a little bit of research on Dino Rodica. <laughs> that can't be a real thing. So, and actually, I'm late to the party. Like, there was magazine, there was a news coverage in 2010 all about this, and I, and I happened to miss it. Yeah. Um, there are these, there's this whole subgenre of, I don't know if it's a romance or a horror novel or whatever, but called Monster Erotica. Yes. And it's like, um, <laughs> Hold on. I, I actually have a title. I wrote down three titles of Monster Rodica awesome. because they're pretty good. Milked by the Aliens. <laughs> well, now. Frankenstein's Bitch. And I say, yeah, bitch. And I say the, the best one uh, for last, just for you. Uh, come for Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, so what, so these people would go and they're self-publishing these novels. No respectable publishing one organization. Think. One would, would like to think. Um, so after this, uh, one of the people that do the dino erotica were like, hey, you know, we were just doing these, this monster porn book and I watched Jurassic Park and I got this great idea. So <laughs> what has become of monster erotica has turned into dino erotica. And I wrote down, I don't know how many of these things there are. I hope there are the only three that I found, you know? Um, I doubt it. <laughs> the, the three that I found were taken by the pterodactyl. Oh, that's not the one I have. 
No, and then there's Taken by the T-Rex, which yes. is that one. Okay. And then here's the best one, in the Velociraptor's nest. <laughs> ah, yeah. I have an extra one for you. Running from the Raptor. <laughs> so these books are about 18 to 20 pages a piece, and um, a woman writes them. Yes. Which are which are the two funny things that I, that I found. And, she, you know, uh, yeah. she says she makes more money than her friend that is an engineer. I... It's weird. I mean, there's a niche well, audience, but, but, I guess. Isn't You're missing that, your calling. Well, amen. <laughs> I, I understand that. but uh, You want to be a whore. Yeah. Well, why don't you write some dinosaur erotica? It kind of goes back to the whole, I, I mean, I looked at this, and I, and I got to tell you, John turned this on to me. He turned you on turned to me it. on to this. Yeah. Turned this on to me. Turned me on, dead man. There's turned no me way. On. There's, there's, that doesn't that doesn't come out of my mouth good anyway. <laughs> but I will say, um, I think I was telling you, like I was, I had a layover in in an airport in Chicago. So you picked up one of these titles? No, no, no. <laughs> he couldn't find it on Kindle because Amazon removed them. Right, right. <laughs> Your but, account has been locked. <laughs> but, but 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 we were kind of communicating with each other via the social media, and I wow. thought it was like a lark. And I really thought when you first see this, it's like this yeah. is from the onion. It's like you know what I mean. It's like yeah. the lowest grade like, right. graphics on the cover. Yes. Like. Right, exactly. And I'm like, this is a joke. John is getting me. This is a ruse <laughs> of some kind. And then I see this, and it's like, okay, if it is a ruse, somebody's gone to a great deal or a great extent to make it <laughs> yeah. a convincing ruse. Are you? Right? And then you actually look at it, and it's like, okay, are serious, you going to read like, excerpts? Azog stood <laughs> back to the wall. Clad only in damp buckskins, waiting for the beast to slash at her torso until she lay helpless and bleeding on the damp cave floor. She wondered if it would kill her first, or if her limbs would be sliced off from her body as the beast gorged on her. Instead, it reached out with a clasped hand to snatch at her damp animal hide as it clung to one shoulder. Azog felt the kiss of sharp claws against her skin as the hide slid from her shoulder and exposed on naked, heavy-heaving breast. The raptor paused, curious, sniffing at her as if she, as she pressed desperately against the wall. A reptilian tongue, stiff and hot, dashed out to lick at her tender, naked flesh, so suddenly exposed. Azog gasped at the touch, then gradually relaxed as her body warmed to the intoxicating sensation of the beast's flesh against her own. She wasn't sure if her sudden arousal was because of her earlier thwarted climax in the cool stream, or if she was just desperate for one last pleasant sensation before being torn limb from limb by the great scaly beast. Either way, Azok relished the rasp of its tongue, hot and rough on her sensitive skin. God, make it stop. <laughs> so, um, hey, so, you know, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Well, um, go ahead, John. I was going to say that there's a second part of the story that I haven't posted anything about because... Oh. I'm terrified of the judgment, but, <laughs> but <laughs> he bought a copy. No, no, no. And took it into the bathroom. But you know, we've, we've established on this show that I'm a bit of a research junkie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So while I'm looking at this topic, uh, I happened to find, uh, an ad, mm. uh, for dragon dildos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. It's larger than a Coke can, friends. <laughs> so not only are the people that are publishing these books wildly popular, I guess, but it seems like there's a whole like ancillary 
industry <laughs> built this whole strange, weird part of society. <laughs> it's in this article that I was reading from, um, and down a little further, someone has posted a picture, and they have a comment below it. To each her own, I say. There, there's something for everyone. Two-headed shark dicks, dragon vaginas, <laughs> otter penises. It's a whole array of sci-fi fantasy genitalia, and I'm intrigued, to say the least. That, well, no. yes. Wow. I don't That's know. A, I don't know if it's on that one, but there's one like this where I found that, and I was reading through some of the comments just because, what, you know, what are you going to say to this kind of thing? Sure. And, it, and there's a, it's like a train wreck. You just, it, yeah. And there's a comment. Someone left a comment, and they're like, "These right wing douchebags are going to have so much problems with this." And I'm like, mm. "Why do you even have to bring politics into it? You could just say, <laughs> hey, any sane person is, might have a problem.' Those with damn them. humans." Are hey, have I tell you what. I mean, that's that's the old adage. There's two things you don't talk about: politics and dinosaur erotics. <laughs> I mean, everybody yeah, knows that, right? That right. So, I mean, you're my, speechless. I, I, I am. I, I am so speechless. One, a couple of questions. How, how do you know they're only 18 to 20 pages? Uh, it says in the article. Okay, yeah, very article. good. That, yes. that, and I assumed it was from yeah. the research. And 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 I'm all, and, and John, I got to be honest with you. It's in in some way. I think I'm relieved that it's only eighteen to twenty pages because it's like if someone's writing a Melville. Right? It's, it's like, it's like, where? What the fuck is your inspiration? What backstory could you possibly it, have? Let me give you ten thousand. Let me give you fifty thousand words on dinosaur cock. You know, it's like I, I, seriously. I am. I am. So so relieved, <laughs> for lack of a better word, to hear that somebody can only you have apparently such a, at least four times muster it, eighteen to twenty pages of I'm, dinosaur erotica. It makes me feel bad in a way because I'm kind of like a do what you're ever gonna do with your dick kind of guy. No, like you're, I'm you're staying right. out of your shit. I'm with you, but that's fucking weird. <laughs> and I put it on the same level as the My Little Pony sex dolls. Yeah. Like. I th it's the exact same fucking problem yeah. where people are just totally unhinged from reality. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it goes back to the point where it's you know as Dan I think you were trying to get across. There's a niche out there for every, and I guess that's the mm -hmm. the, the the underlying point here for all writers yeah. and anybody you who's just creative. Gotta, you just got to find find your, your niche, find your audience, and that's the whole thing. Like, and if it's true, you know, be true to thyself. <laughs> And if what if hey if writing dinosaur erotica is what gets you off, and you can find another a million other people who get off on it too, pardon the expression, then God bless you. Everybody get off. Yeah. It's well, so any, book, any book about it dinosaurs doesn't it go back to the Gene Simmons thing about chocolate and steak and <laughs> you know some people you know, like chocolate, sometimes they like steak. Kisses like uh, ice cream and steak. Oh, that's it's, it. Ice cream it's and something steak. for everyone. That's right. And I guess we could say the same thing about dinosaur erotica. And I'm pretty sure that what's her name, Christine Sims, or something like that. Yeah, that's got to be that a page. That's that's a merit nom for Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I actually tried to find her on Facebook. Uh, you know, uh, John, I invented uh, dinosaur erotica. I'm sure he did. The <laughs> he demon. probably did. Have you ever seen my boots? I can't do. I <laughs> that's can't, right. Yeah. I'm the, I am the demon. <laughs> Is that all we got? <laughs> what do you mean? Is that all? Well, thanks for coming by, Doctor Towers. Well, thank you guys for having me. Well, hey, it's been a real honor, John. Seriously, it's been. This is a lot of fun. Um, two, well, two shows in yeah, a row. Yeah. I, you know, I always uh, we love having you around. It's it's great. We've talked about you a lot, and it's nice that we could finally all get together for this. Yeah, it's great. I feel like I don't, you know, say thank you to you guys enough. You know, you guys give me a whole lot of support, we we, we, support out there. Well, I, I we, really we, we, we're, we're sincere about it. We love it. I mean, I, you know, I'm a big fan. Dan's a big fan. Um, yeah, 
Absolutely. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's Whoa. episode uh, 14, cut and print. 14. Well, like a couple weeks ago, we were at uh, episode like 37. And this long. was episode 33. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I have my Calmut can right here, so this was episode 42. You know what three times three is? Oh, you God, told me no math. <laughs> is there is there a fucked up shed in a box that falls apart? A dilapidated shed. I'm the red rocker. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. A dilapidated shed fell apart. My and hands I opened the door up. and it fell off in my bare hands. <laughs> a fucked up box. I love that episode. How you're qualifying why you're reading the Sammy Hagar biography. <laughs> Uh, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, so uh, I had fun. Hopefully, you'll come back again. Yeah, whenever. I mean, whenever. I'm, you know, I like coming out. So, yeah. What? Yeah, you brave <laughs> like. Uh, it's like midnight. I'm tired. Uh, yeah, you say so like you brave the snow and the ice and the cold. Uh, Whoa. It's the immigrant song. Yeah, John just went immigrant song on us. Did you wow. catch that? That's hey, like 50 again. times faster than my brain. Fire. I come from the land of John. John hey, it's right in it's right in his uh, wheelhouse. You should like that, Thor. I do. But, I mean, John knows the mythology. Next time you see Craig, he's going to be clean shaven. <laughs> I don't think he's going to keep this beard for too much longer. It's already down to his navel. They get hard to deal with sometimes. They do. You have anything else to say? You want to say something? Nah. nah you got anything else? Nah. Nah. I just you want to talk us off. I was doing my Robin. You want to talk me off? Talk, talk, talk us off the stage. Talk me off sounds like that sounds dirty, doesn't it? It does. Talk me off. How, how much does it cost to have you talk me off? <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like, it sounds like phone sex. It's a lot of work. Hello. I gotta get a glass of water to right. stay lubricated. How, how long is it going? How much does it cost? You charge by minute to talk me off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you next time, folks. Bye bye now. You've been listening to the Ninth Story Podcast, a hicks and fabulous production. Let's go for a ride, horsey.